What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up and Chat Podcast. Your boys over here, Juan and Victor, the JV squad. What's going what on, up, bro? What up? Doing good, man. I I feel like every week when we, when we start the episode, we do a weather report. So I might as well do it this week as well, especially since the the weather has been on the on the positive uptick. Nicer days, longer days, sunnier days. So you know, definitely looking like spring. So. I'm I'm happy about that. We we we've become the unofficial weather reporters for New York. <laughs> New, excuse you, New York, New Jersey area. Come oh, on, get God. it straight. You, you're screwing things up, man. First of all, it's not New Jersey; it's West New York. So it's it's part of New Jersey. Stop uh, hating, all right? <laughs> Listen, we'll take up on the job either way. It doesn't even matter. But I'm so glad to uh, to be able to record another episode, man. Things happen, and, and 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 anything can like gear us away from this but we love doing this and just love having conversations yeah absolutely and we, i think we got a, a really good episode for everybody we're gonna hit i think all three corners of the sports world we're gonna talk a little baseball since that season is coming up and you know that's my favorite sport so definitely looking forward to that we're gonna talk a little football but we're gonna begin with a little basketball and last week the trade deadline came and went. A lot of teams, especially those in contention, made a couple of moves to, I guess, improve their team or lock up their rosters in order to make a playoff run. And so, obviously, the the big boys, the Nets, the Lakers, and all of those other teams made their moves. So my question to you is, of those teams, who do you think made the best move uh, to secure like their best chances of going all the way to the championship? I think uh, for me, it's the L.A. teams. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about it a couple episodes episodes ago about who we think is going to win the NBA title. I think that the Brooklyn Nets are head and shoulders above any other team in the NBA right. if their players are healthy. I don't think anyone can take them seven games. That's right. just my opinion. So I don't really think that the addition of that, that they made with LaMarcus Aldridge is right. going to move the needle for me because I already think they're going to win the title. So for me, it's right, just... Right them being greedy and just adding another weapon at the end yeah. of the day. But the, the L.A. teams, I think, made uh, the two uh, most important moves. The Lakers adding Andre Drummond um, gives them that center, that that replacement that they were looking for um, to replace Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Like, we throw out those names and we think, like, oh, it's just Dwight. He's already done his career. JaVale McGee, he's a clown. Um, right. No, but they were important to the to to the Lakers run last year. They they Absolutely. they were playing that defensive uh, 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 guy in the paint, protecting the paint, playing the big man, playing the pick and roll with LeBron James. Um, and of course, Anthony Davis doesn't like playing center, so right. having those two guys there uh, uh, played a huge role for them last year. And they thought Mark Gasol was going to be that that substitute for them. You know, he can yeah. shoot from the outside. He's a better offensive player but he's not the same defensive player as those two guys. So they right. were clearly missing that, and they got that in Andre Drummond, who's averaging 17 points and 13 and a half rebounds. He's a rebound machine, and he can be that protector in the paint. So they got their guy. I think that, obviously, this is all depending on LeBron James and AD coming back. Right. Obviously, we don't know where that stands. AD's always getting injured, and we don't know what's going on with LeBron, which he's a, he's a robot, so we know he's going to come back. The problem is AD. <laughs> Um, so the Lakers obviously adding that. And then the Clippers, 
adding Ray John Rondo. Now, of course, Ray John Rondo is towards the end of his career, we could say, but playoff Rondo is a different beast. You know, there there are people who want to doubt the move by by bringing up the stats of Rondo in the regular season, which is like four points per game or something like that. We're talking that's regular season, but we know playoff Rondo is is a real deal. We right. look at the championship last year for the Lakers. The third best player for the Lakers was Ray John Rondo. He was that floor leader when LeBron wasn't on the on the court. And even with LeBron on the court, he was that floor leader along with him. So I think that that's an element that the Clippers are missing. They didn't have a point guard that can be a floor general. Because obviously Kawhi Leonard is not that player. Paul George is not that player. Patrick Beverly is not that player. So obviously adding a player like him who can be the floor general on and off the court and be that leader, that vocal leader, because you know he's not afraid to say anything, and be that vocal leader that the Clippers are missing on the court and on the bench, I think it's a huge piece for them. Obviously letting go of Lou Will might seem huge because of the offensive side, but Lou Will in the playoffs isn't Lou Will. And and we've all come to know that already. And he's a defensive liability. Like, he's the definition of defensive liability in the NBA. So he doesn't play any defense. And in the playoffs, he chokes, basically. He doesn't, he's not the same player. And you're replacing that with a guy in the playoffs that he performs. They call him playoff Rondo for a reason. He gets it done. He plays defense and he has leadership. So I think those two teams um, obviously uh, uh, made the, the bigger impact as far as a move. And the Nets just, it's luxury at the end of the day because I, I still think they're going to win the title. Right. I mean, I definitely agree with you on on all the points that you mentioned. I think the, the teams that that I would say that made those moves that, I guess, solidified their position or whatever, I think the the, the Clippers with Rondo is, is I think, the, the one that would say moved the needle, in my opinion, a little bit more just because of the need. Yeah. Because that's something that they desperately needed. They needed all those things that you said, that floor general, that guy with playoff experience to be a part of that team and kind of like bring them together, especially the chemistry or, you know, just that point guard that can run the offense and you know, he's not looking to score. He's looking to get other people involved. Exactly. So, so he fulfills a, a, a gap that they actually had with the other teams. There's one team that I, I really liked what they did. Um, I don't know if it's going to make much difference in, in the end, but that was Miami. Oh, yeah. Miami yeah. somebody that went out there and got a couple of people, including uh, Victor Oladipo, that for their system, it sucks that you, you know, that Brooklyn is so far ahead that you really don't think it's going to yeah. make much of a difference. <laughs> but it does speak to the execution level of Miami. And you never know, especially when, if God forbid, injuries happen or, or anything else. Look at what happened last year. Yeah. You know, everybody coming into the season and even going into the bubble. Hey, Milwaukee's coming out of the East. And uh, Miami went in there and said, no, you're not. So if their guys can get healthy, you know, Dragic, obviously Butler has come. As soon as he's come back, they're playing better. Bam, you already know what he's yeah. turning into. So for them, they're obviously not the most talented team on the East. But they're a team that if their players are healthy, they run that system. Let's call it, you know, the heat culture. That's the what we talked system. about. <laughs> right. That if they are, if everything is going for them, they're a team that can, you know, match yeah. up with a lot of people because yep. they just, they believe in themselves in that, in that system that you just yep. mentioned. So I think that that's the other team that I was like, okay, 
you know, they they definitely made a, a solid move. Uh, Denver made a couple of moves also, but they again, they fall into that trap kind of like Utah where they're right now the teams with the best record, but nobody believes that they're going to be the ones coming out of the conference. Yeah. So they did their thing. As far as LaMarcus Aldridge and and he's going, joining the Nets, uh, what you said is it's absolutely right. It's luxury. Similar to, you know, to Andre Drummond going to, to, to the Lakers. It's a situation where they're not difference makers, but they do kind of help out. And yeah. something that I mentioned in one of the other episodes, which I think, well, when we were talking about Blake Griffin joining the Nets, yeah. sometimes you sign people just that so nobody else would sign them. Yep. Because LaMarcus Aldridge obviously is not the player that he once was. I mean, for San Antonio to be like, hey, you know what? We're going to let you go. Do your own thing. It's because it speaks to the lack of productivity that he was giving them. So it's not like, you know, I've, I've heard people on the Internet like, oh, you know, the, the, the Nets are like stacking and all. Look, I don't see it that way. Some of these guys. Some of these guys are names at this yeah, point. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we think like, listen, LaMarcus Aldridge isn't the guy that he was in Portland. Blake Griffin is not the player that he was in, in the Clippers. Andre Drummond is, Drummond is not the guy that he was in the Pistons. So at the end of the day, you if you have the cap room to bring in these people and if nothing else, you can stack them right there. You can put them on your bench so that they can't make a difference in somebody else who really needed them. Hey, why not do it? And I think that that's what they did. Like you, I think that the, the Nets are are the definitely the team to be, especially after the Harden trade, which I can, again, admit that I was wrong. I thought that that was going to be their, their killer. Um, and he came in and he's played great. So right now, more than Blake Griffin, more than than the additional of market Georges or whoever else they can join, they, they can add in the buyout market or whatever. As long as their three superstars are healthy yeah. and continue to play the, the way that they are, they're the team to beat. And that, that was definitely, you nipped it in the butt. That, that was the best trade of the season so far, the James Harden trade. Right. It's turned out to be, I mean, one of the best trades ever in the NBA. The yeah. guy, he's arguably right now either first or second in any MVP valid. Um, when when you hear the MVP voters talking about it, they all they're talking about him or Jokic. That's it. That's yeah. it. Only them two. And and he's balling. He's balling out. That's why I said it's a luxury right now for the Brooklyn Nets because yeah. um right now what they should focus on is trying to get KD a, as close as they can to one hundred percent. And because he's not a player that you know. You're kind of worried about, like, oh, when he comes back, how are we going to play? No, KD fits into, and we talked yeah. about this, he fits into any system. Any yep. system you want to bring up, he fits in there. So we don't have to worry about that. It's getting these other pieces to find their role. They didn't bring right. LaMarcus Aldridge to average 20 and 10 like he used to. No, no, no. no. It's, to, it's to be able to mix two or three units, obviously, yeah. especially in the playoffs, where you can uh, uh, throw different looks at the opponent. That's all they're trying to do right now. And at the end of the day, we're not they're not looking for the for Griffin or Aldrich to be these all stars. No. Right. It's just contributors. That's all you are. As long as our three are there, KD, Kyrie, and Harden, I mean, they're to me, they're unbeatable, bro. I don't yeah. think any team can beat them and take them seven games at all. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's um let's move on to to our second topic of the day, right? We're gonna move on to some football. 
And for me, it's this is exciting, bro. This is exciting because I'm a football, a fantasy football enthusiast. I, I'm, I'm a yeah. fantasy football <laughs> junkie. I'm, a, I'm yeah. a football junkie. So this is some exciting news to me. So the NFL is extending uh, the regular season to 17 games now. So I want to ask you this question because I know this has been a, a topic of discussion right now in the sports world. Do you think that the 17-game regular season is going to work in the NFL? Well, to add a little context, they're moving to 18 weeks now. Oh, right, right. Now yeah, every team is going to be playing 17 games. Yeah, 17 games. games. Yep, yep. Um, so it, it depends on the, on the lens that you're looking for. I think, as you mentioned right now, as a fan, if you're a football fan like you are, you are, I am, obviously it's a great thing, you know, for a season like, uh, like uh, excuse me, wow, a sports like football <laughs> that's so condensed that, you know, it's once a week or a few days a week and, you know, it goes by really fast. Adding another week, obviously, it's it's a great thing. So for that, for that from the fan perspective, it's a positive thing. From the owner's perspective, it's a positive thing <laughs> because that means that that's another game that they're going to add. That's revenue that they're going to be uh, they're going into the pot and especially going into their pocket and considering all the, you know, quote unquote losses that they took over the uh, over last year because of covid, you know that they were they're looking for any yep. way to to bring back that money, including, and I know we weren't, we're not going to talk about it, but I hope you saw the, the new t TV deals that they signed yeah. where they even gave um, Amazon on all of a sudden is going to be paying. I, I think it's like a billion dollars a year just to get Thursday night football games. So, you know, that they're looking to make generate more money. And this is something that they've been wanting to do for years. So from that perspective, again, that's another positive. The only negative, it, it comes from the players. And we've seen a lot of guys be vocal about it. Somebody has recently uh, that mentioned it was Alvin Kamara saying it was dumb. You know, I think that, A, they're, they're saying it because it's always the position of, the, of management and the employees to kind of go against each other. And but with them, there is some, I guess, truth to it because it means that's another week of them taking hits. Yeah of potential injury. So my question, I think, to be able to grade it better is I want to see how is is this going to affect the preseason? Are they going to get rid of another of a game? As of right now, it's projected like they're not. They're just going to go a, a week into a week later into the season. The season usually ends the I believe the last Sunday in December. Now it's going into that first week and then everything else is going to get pushed back a little bit. I want to see if that if there are going to be any changes in their practice schedule as far as their workload. Are they going to add roster spots because another game means potent, more potential injuries? So I definitely want to see all of those things and see how it goes. And unfortunately, as much as I like the players, I think that this is one where it's like it speaks to the to the lack of power and the lack of unity in their union yep because at the end of the day for as many players that want to come out and say no about this man they made it possible they gave that as part of the last cba in march of 2020 they gave that power to the owners you know they're gonna go for it because it means money for them so for, to me, I guess it's part of, if you want to call it evolution and progress, especially in the finance. I just hope that 
the owners do take some of those things into consideration for those players, maybe even require or, you know, uh, that a specific player still only plays 16 games. Yeah. And then you can mix and match your rosters, you know, based upon that. So that's kind of like where I feel as a fan, sure, bring it on and hopefully it works out for the best. Yeah, I think that's what about the, you. That's the biggest risk. And you and you mentioned it. It's the fact that, you know, th- th- there's a bigger risk now of a player getting injured. You're adding another week at the end of the day. And yeah. that's another opportunity for the player to 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 get injured. You know, obviously, that's a that's a huge um, toll on on their bodies, as Alvin Kamara said. Um, and adding another week, it's going to do that. And I'm not sure if they're getting rid of a week of the preseason, as you said. We're not sure. They should look into that because at the end of the day, they don't really play in the preseason. They'll go in for one or two sets, and then they're gone. You know what I mean? So I think that um, as a fan, as I said at the beginning when I tossed the question to you, I love it. Right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fantasy football junkie. It adds another week <laughs> to fantasy football, by the way. Uh, we're uh, we're the commissioners of the league, so That's and true. we have a podcast. What's going on? Yep. <laughs> so it's like as a fan, as a fan, I love it. That's my favorite sport to get another week of football. Um, to get another week of fantasy football, I absolutely love it. I'm all for it. Um, and obviously another thing that I want to point out is that even though they might not agree with uh, uh, this decision to to extend extend the the regular season, at the end of the day, this is an opportunity for them to get more money. Right. Obviously, as you said, the owners wouldn't do this if it didn't mean it's more money for them. Because that's that's primarily that's what they're thinking about. But to the players, you guys are also getting more money. You guys want more money. Well, here it is. The the I guess the consequence of that of wanting more money is another week. Right. It's it's gonna take a toll on your body. But at the end of the day, just look at it that way. It's an opportunity for you to get more money. Um, and I know there's a risk for injury. There's a risk every week. At the end of the day. You yeah. can get injured in week one like you can get injured in week 13. So take what you can get, and this is an opportunity to get more money at the end of the day. Yeah, I think one of the things that they should fight for is to kind of take a page out of baseball. Every September, uh, September 1st, the, the roster gets expanded where teams go, you know, get additional roster spots to bring in people from the minors or whatever to make that playoff run because it is a long season and you can make adjustments. I think the players should fight like, Hey, they have, you know, 54 slots, or I think it's 53 or 54 in, in, uh, in every roster. Hey, say, let's bump it up to 60 so that we can take a few guys from the practice squad towards the end of the season uh, and be able to bring them in, you know, like I said, so that every player you kind of give a player, you know, an extra bye week during the season where take somebody like Alvin Kamara. Yes, now there's 18 games, but guess what? You're only going to play 16. So there's going to be a, se- a week that, you know, whether you want to do it early in the week and early in the season or late in the season, if you've already clinched your position or whatever. Yeah. And you can give somebody like that. Uh, the time off to get an extra week of rest and you mix and match. So it doesn't mean that they can't fight for it, but that is the the operative word. They they have to fight for it, but they can't fight for it simply on social media or after the fact. Yeah. They have to be able to fight for these things when it comes to the CBA so that they just don't have to go along with what the owners want without having some say in it. Has it been finalized? Do you know if it's been finalized yet or... 
Well, they're, right now they're the owners are leaning to, towards it. Yeah. So it, while it's not official, um, owners have been in little press conferences here and there, have been mentioning that that's where they're leaning towards. And like I said in the beginning, this ironically is the perfect season for them to implement it because they are going to use the excuse like, hey, you know, we lost whatever amount of money we lost last year because of COVID. You saw how which I don't agree with. I, I think the, the one sport that should not have brought down their salary cap is football because of all the money they make. Yeah. So but yet they did it. You know, they brought the cap down. I think what it was like 15, 16 million dollars, which makes a lot of it makes a difference for a lot of teams to be able to pick up a few guys. Yeah. So they there are going to have to figure out a way to fight for some of those little things in order for it to be somewhat fair to them because at the end of the day the owners are just looking for their money yeah, i asked you that because it's in, uh, and we'll end with this it's in, i'm interested in seeing if that'll be something that the players obviously complaining about it now hearing about it if it's something they're gonna bring up before it's finalized okay fine we're down for 17 a 17 game season but can you at least find a way for us to get some rest within the season so i'm interested mm -hmm. in seeing if that's gonna happen yeah hopefully they do man so let's keep it moving. This is my favorite sport, but I'm going to let you lead the conversation. And so we're mere a couple of days away from the start of uh, the new uh, MLB season. And so obviously the baseball season is the marathon, not the sprint. And as a fellow baseball fan, I know the football is your number one sport. I just wanted to see two or three things that you're kind of looking forward. I guess this is our preview to the MLB season. And so what are those two or three things that you're looking forward to this year? Uh, number one is the fans. I think the fans play such a huge, like they're like uh, the way I'm trying to compare it is obviously like, obviously during the pandemic, essential workers, the definition for that were people that were needed in society, right. people that just couldn't take a day off because they're, they're essential to society. That's what I think about fans. They are the, they're essential to baseball. Because baseball, to me, obviously, I love the sport. But having, like, when, when you go to Yankee Stadium, and, I, and I've been there as a Boston fan, right. that's a huge part of what the Yankees are. Right. It's the fact that when you go there as an opponent, they are, the I guess, the most aggressive fans as far as yelling and rooting for their teams. Like, you can't hear anything in Yankee Stadium. A little yeah. bit of that is because it, it's, you know, relatively small, but... Point is that when you go there, you know you got to deal with their fans. That's what happened with the Astros back in 2017 when they were facing off against the Yankees in the ALCS and they were losing Yankee Stadium because in Yankee Stadium, they just couldn't play under the pressure of playing in front of those fans. So I just think that... Well, they also couldn't hit the trash well, cans in order to, well, to yeah. figure out what was coming. Yes, <laughs> we know that. But even any other opponent that played against the Yankees that year, right? We understand that that's obviously something that, um, that th that was a special part to who the Yankees are. So number one right. is the fans because we're fans and we're also included in that in that mix of of being able to attend games and stuff. So that's one thing I'm looking for. Number two is we're getting a full season instead of getting a shortened season of sixty games. Now we're getting 162 games now. Which is obviously right. the full the full on a season. I said there was an asterisk last season. There was sixty games. Anybody could have gone on a run for sixty games. That usually tends to happen in baseball when it's a full season. So I I personally think that in a full season, 
we get to know who the best team is. In a 60-game season, we couldn't really do that because anybody could have gone on a run. So I'm excited to get a full season of baseball to see who really is the best team in baseball. Number three, and my last point is, last thing I'm looking forward to, believe it or not, because I've been complaining about them for quite a while, is the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> yes, believe it or not, it's the Boston Red Sox. I, I've, uh, I, I didn't root for them last year. I wanted them to suffer, obviously, for giving away Mookie Betts. For, for yeah. nothing, basically, and always giving contracts to dudes that don't deserve him. But then with the dudes that are homegrown, your guy, you let them go. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still holding that against them. But I am looking forward to seeing, like, how are they going to build this thing again? Because it seems like something that the Boston Red Sox tend to do. They break it down like they did back in 2014 with Bobby Valentin, and then they build it right back up. So I'm interested in seeing, like, okay, fine, you chose to trade everybody away. Right. You let go of your entire outfield for for nothing, basically. Right. How are you going to build this thing up again now? How are you going to do it? You know, you gave up your farm system. I think they traded for their farm system. I don't know exactly where they are as far as best farm systems in baseball. But I'm interested in seeing, you know, the direction they're going in now. What are you going to do after you trade away all your best players, basically? So those are the three things that I'm looking forward to um, this this year in baseball. What about you? Um, well, I, I'm going to throw it as a, as a, ca- a caveat. It's my Atlanta Braves. Obviously I want to see what they're doing. They're not part of my three. Cause I didn't want to be that, you know, um, just bring them there. Cause you know, but I'm just throwing it out there. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on them and see what they're doing and all that stuff. But my first one is the LA Dodgers. I know that you mentioned having the asterisks on the season. I think, you know, last year, I don't necessarily put an asterisk because everybody had the same advantages and disadvantages, basically. And so they went out there in the same conditions as everybody else, basically, and just won, you know. Um, And I think even coming into the season before COVID and everything happened, I think they were still one of the teams that everybody was kind of like picking as far as the favorites to win it. But you know, not only did they win it, but now they went, you know, they went ham and added now, you know, an extra arm and Trevor Bauer, you know, so much so that I read that David Price isn't even the fifth starter. You know, it went to somebody else. That's how deep they are, that they can afford to take somebody like David Price and make him a sixth starter or put him in when they need him or make him a long reliever. Like that's how stacked these guys are. So I definitely want to see them see what they do this year. Like you said, with that full season, will they repeat? Will it be, you know, be more of what it was before and back in 2019 and years past where they kind of like choked? Uh, so I want to see that. Uh, the second thing I want to see is St. Louis, because, again, here's a team that uh, is always in the mix. They are one of those teams that and I gl- I'm glad that you mentioned that point about the fans, because it's not across every team in baseball but there are a few teams where that home field advantage matters. You mentioned the the Yankees. Boston is another one when they're obviously good. St. Louis, I think, as far as baseball fans, man, the reality is I think they are the number one. If not them, it's, it's the Cubs as far as, as far as faithful. And so now that they got Nolan Arenado, like, man, talk about a team that was like in the mix. And now you got (laughs) arguably one of the best third basemen to go along with, you know, Goldschmidt at first, you know, you have Molina and the rest of these guys in a solid rotation. 
I definitely want to see what they what they do this season. I'm by the way, all my three points are in the National League. Um, <laughs> a little biased, you know, don't you think, huh? Well, it's well they're the ones that are interested in you, and you're going. Listen, the NL is so interesting, and I think you'll give me that. That I'm not even mentioning the Padres. No, it is one it of is. my top three things. Like this is how crazy it is. But the third one that I bring to the table, and I don't mean it in a like I'm joking way or like you know like trying to bring them down because they're a division rival, but it's the New York Mets. Like I am legitimately, uh, legitimately interested as a baseball fan to see what this team is gonna look like. Because uh, props to their new owner. This guy came in, you know, he started making the moves. He started bringing in the guys. You add Francisco Lindor now into the mix of a great team. You have that you've already had the starting pitching and the Grom and Syndergaard and, and all of these guys. And so now they're in as good as a position as any of these other teams that I mentioned in the NL to make a deep run. And so I want to see, yes, I want to see Atlanta win or at least beat them in the playoffs or whatever. But I want to see if they're going to get it right, because this is a year that unless there's some injury or, God forbid, a breakout, you know, in COVID, they really have no excuse not to compete this year other than not playing well. And so there it looks like this owner's trying to make that move. He kind of reminds me of what you know, the Brooklyn Nets owner yeah, did when yep. he came in and said, yo, you know what? I'm not trying to build this for later. Let's do this right now. So I want to see what they bring to the table and can they put up or shut up, you know, because they got the squad to do it. They got the squad to compete. They, You can make the argument they are either the number one or number two team in that division. So it's a stack, I it's a stack division. It's a stack division. Yeah. Like you're talking yeah. about the Nationals, you're talking about Philly. Um, you're talking about the Braves and the Mets. They're all they all having a chance to win in that division. So it's an exciting one. It's not like, for example, I would say the AL East, where you know for a fact the Yankees are going to win that division. As a Boston yeah. fan, I'm telling you that. So that's it's exciting. And and obviously, what they're doing, and I love the point that you mentioned about Francisco Lindor, um, bringing in a guy who's arguably one of the top five players in baseball right now. Right. It brings excitement to New York, the capital of the world. It brings excitement to baseball for the Mets because you already know that the team in New York is the Yankees. But to bring right. excitement to yet another team in the city, it's it's a good start. And, and listen, you brought up that point about the Nets where the owner said, hey, I'm going to try. I'm not going to do this like long run. I'm going to do whatever it takes. They brought in Darren Williams, Brooke Lopez. They had they brought in right. Kevin Garnett. They brought in Paul Pierce, even though it failed. But you see the desire to want to win, to want to bring excitement to the city. That's exactly right. what the Mets are doing. Lindor might not be the guy, even though he's one of the best players in baseball. But you can see that he's trying. Yeah, you can see that he's trying. So it's it's exciting. I, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting season. A lot of like storylines. Like I said, we didn't even mention teams like the Padres, and you know, then they're. They're wonderful roster of young players and that they're building up. So it definitely is shaping to be a good season. Maybe the Astros get beamed a few more times and not everybody would have got a chance to get them back in 2020. But I definitely look forward to seeing the the new season and and what and everything it brings. And hopefully it's a, it's an entertaining one. And maybe that one that we can go in and maybe enjoy a few games this year. 
That that's another thing I'm excited for. The fact that we, you know, obviously you're a huge baseball fan, but I love going to watch games. So right. hopefully we get the opportunity this year to be able to watch a game together or two. Um, watch your Braves lose yet again because that's all they do every single year. They lose. Yo, you're in no position to talk about losing right now. Like any other year, perhaps. But come on, man. You just talked about everything. Like, let me not be that petty, like, L.A. Dodger fan or group of fans that put up a billboard in Boston thanking them for sending Mookie bets. Because I will get that level of petty on you. Come on now. Like, this is right now, baseball, you know, you, you got to eat it. And you've had a nice run. But right now, you have to eat it for a little bit. It's time to suffer like Knicks fans have been suffering for the past 30 plus years. So Shots I'll take fired. it. Okay, then. We're going to leave it right there. <laughs> so definitely a great episode. Like we said, we're going to hit all three sports. So hopefully everybody enjoyed it. As we tell you every week, thank you for your continued support and listening to us. Please go on your favorite podcast streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever. Rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're in there. Reach out. We answer our messages. We talk to whoever wants to talk to us. And be a part of this conversation that we have ongoing. But that's going to do it for us. This is the latest edition of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. I'm Victor. That's Juan. Mi gente, we out.